0: But I definitely was like, "Yeah, that's like that was extremely concerning." I'm like, really? Like,
1: it's like we were joking. It's like, what do I do? Just drive up, drop you off, and say, "Text me after it's all done and let me know how it went." <laughs> like,
2: yeah. What's... yeah, you go have a cigar, 50s style. I know, I know. Yeah, I'm gonna go have
0: a Yeah, the so these watch. other people that are little. Airbnb-
3: Hi friends, I'm Lindsay, and this is Love in the Time of COVID-19. Over the past few weeks, we've talked with people raising kids and with folks who are happily enjoying a child-free existence. But what about those who are preparing to welcome a new baby into the home? What do you do when a time that is typically filled with family and joy is overshadowed by a pandemic? Surely, no baby book could ever prepare you for something like this. Today, we talked to Adrian and Sam, a couple navigating this exact situation.
0: The silver lining is I get to see you more Now the trouble is I have to hear you snore every night we spend together Not everything we do is better together I just want to go enjoy the weather Now we're stuck inside forever, forever
2: Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hello. Hey, Lindsay. How's it going with you? Pretty good. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us.
1: Absolutely.
2: We're excited to be on here with you. Yeah, it's really good to see you guys. You know, I was wondering if maybe we could just start out by, well, first, just you guys giving us a little bit of a rundown about where you are and what things are like there right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, we are in Fort Collins, Colorado. So, we're under the, like, state-mandated stay-at-home order. Our county has the same stay-at-home order as well. So, here, luckily, we live, like, across from a park. So, it feels like we can get outside pretty regularly, which is really nice. We're on our neighborhood. We take our dog for about a million walks a day. (laughs) The roads are not busy. The few times we've gone to the store, it's kind of... Crazy and creepy, but so similar, probably to a lot of the state right now for sure, and probably lots of areas of the country.
2: Okay, can you guys start by telling us just a little bit about your own love story pre COVID nineteen?
1: Love story?
2: Yeah. Do you want to start? You could start.
0: <laughs> tell us. Tell us our love story.
1: Love story. Well, I <laughs> guess the, the love story has to start with the first time we we ever met. Okay. I I went on an epic adventure to Maine. From Washington, where I was living at the time. And I was very excited to move to Maine because I just needed a change in life. And when I got to the dorm, they had like a big group meeting, and we were kind of in the hippie environmental dorm. And I saw Adrienne, and she was by far the most attractive woman in that entire dorm. And I thought, I definitely have to talk to this girl before any of these other guys do. And so I went and introduced myself, extremely excitedly, to Adrian, Then followed her around for the next three days, and then we became <laughs> friends. And the rest is history.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of history. That was in, God, 2006. So there's 2006. been a lot since then. We have moved a bunch of times across the western United States: Montana, Utah, Colorado, a few different places. Got married maybe three years ago. Five, five, years, years, five ago. years ago. <laughs> Not to tell you your <laughs> business, but <laughs> even Lindsay knows. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of story there. We both enjoy traveling, being outside, spending time together, spending time with our family. I guess a more recent part of our love story, we, a few years ago, 2016 decided we wanted to try to start a family as much as any college student would think that you could get pregnant by sneezing. You can't. (laughs) We suffered an early pregnancy loss and then struggled with infertility after that. We started IVF last year and are due with our first kid through IVF in the next few weeks. So we are COVID pregnant (laughs) on lockdown (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very big whale status for me right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, well I'm super interested to know what is it like being covid pregnant?
0: <laughs> being covid pregnant, I would say the very beginning as things started to unravel I wasn't too worried about it, other than our birth classes moved online, and like I remember thinking that was very funny because it was like a Zoom meeting of a bunch of couples like practicing like laying on the ground and massaging each other, and breathing and meditation techniques and stuff like that. So that was pretty hilarious. So that was when it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, it's been it's been a lot of a lot of emotions. I think um, it's taken us a lot to get here. And so it kind of feels like one more hurdle, you know, like, really, like, we've been through all this. And now we're also gonna have a baby during a pandemic. So there's that my doctor's visits have been strange. They're, they still see me in person, but they're short. And they are really like, it's just the nurse and the doctor in the office, they get me in, they get me out. Every really, I don't think they're taking new patients. And they they spread everything out a lot. I try not to worry too much about what I can't control, but it's also hard not to when you think about being exposed to something that may potentially harm your kid. If it was just me, I think I would have different concerns, but being worried about this kid we're bringing into the world and not knowing what that's going to look like, kind of overwhelming.
2: Yeah, I can only imagine. And I hadn't thought about that for you guys before, that this could potentially feel like another additional hurdle in what was already a pretty complicated story of this baby to be.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like, let's just tack one more thing on there. Yeah. Just to make
2: it. Ex- <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I know that I think I know that you experienced recently was a socially distant baby shower, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we did have that. So we were my, my parents who've lived all over and most recently they lived for a few years in Australia just recently moved very close to us, which is a totally new experience for me as an adult and really awesome because I'm very close with them. So we thought they'd be a big part of this end of my pregnancy and early babyhood experience, and that's really not able to be the case. But originally they were going to throw us a baby shower. We of course had to cancel that. It was supposed to be at the end of March. And so they surprised us with like a driveway baby shower where They sat on like one side of the driveway and my sister and her husband and baby sat on the other side. And then we like sat in our garage (laughs) and uh, we had the driveway baby shower more or less with my parents on one side of the driveway, my sister and brother-in-law and their baby on the other. And then Sam and I sitting in the garage and they had gotten catering from a few of my favorite places in town with like a little lunch box for each couple and then like they had like a little like petite dessert box for each couple as well so that we didn't have to worry about sharing or contaminating food and then she'd put together a little cooler for each couple as well so I mean mine was seltzer but (laughs) everybody else had some actually nice cocktails and beer. I was surprised how much it mattered to me. I honestly had never been worried about whether I had a baby shower or not. When we pulled up to my house that day and saw them set up, I was totally overwhelmed and it was a really awesome feeling.
2: That's awesome. I'm I'm really happy you guys were able to still celebrate because you deserve to be able to celebrate even though it's weird.
0: Yeah, even though it's weird. And there's like some guilt associated with it that like you shouldn't be doing anything celebratory or fun right now, but also I don't want to miss out on that. I want to, even when it's want to try to enjoy it.
2: Yeah. And I I think you make a good point. Like, even though we can't be close to each other, sometimes it's ill-advised to even be near anybody whatsoever. Like, it doesn't mean you can't have fun still. I, I do know what you mean. It feels like there's almost a ban on having a good time, even if it's like, well, I just was having a good Skype conversation with somebody and I'm laughing a lot. Oh, wait, hold on. It's a pretty somber time. Maybe I shouldn't feel that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: You can answer this next question or not. But in regards to the delivery, any concerns about that? Just as far as Uh, there's been some new regulations as far as like how many people can be there and stuff like that.
1: I think we were originally, we were really worried because like New York had banned partners from being or some hospitals that banned partners or support people from being in the hospital but we're feeling pretty good now about that that at least i'll be able to be there as a support person and at least from the delivery i think from everything we've talked to if people we're kind of gonna get to cheat the system sure. and we don't have to worry about accommodating a ton of visitors as horrible as that sounds Because the hospital is going to be kind of a crazy two or three day experience. So I think that'll almost simplify things a little bit where we can kind of focus a little bit more on Adrian and kiddo. I think where it's going to be hard with all the pandemic stuff is going to be when we come home and not being able to have anybody come over and support us in person or hold the baby. I think that's going to be the hard part. Yeah. Uh, the delivery I think will be good now. I, I don't know the doctors have been very reassuring that I don't think we have any concerns about you know our health in the hospital
2: yeah well I'm really
0: yeah. glad to be yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> yes yeah that was a short-lived fear luckily but I definitely was like yeah that's like that was extremely concerning I'm like really like
1: it's like we were joking and it's like what do I do just Drive up, drop you off, and say, text me after it's all done and let me know how it went. <laughs> like,
2: yeah. What's... yeah. You go have a cigar 50s style.
0: I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm going to have a scotch in the bar. Yeah. That. Exactly. The women, the children. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, that I think I've been thinking about that a lot because I know a few different people who are pregnant. And I've been thinking about that. You know, the after baby comes home moments, because I think that's typically a time that's really celebrated. And it's so exciting to introduce the baby to all the people that you love. And it's also kind of that, you know, it takes a village mentality with people stopping by and helping out. And that's just kind of odd to think about that not being there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'll certainly, no matter what, always be something that we look back on and remember this time, right? Everyone will. I think I definitely am grieving a little bit for what this experience will be in for us and our kid, because I want that, you know, I want my family to be able to come over, especially now that they live close and be part of that baby experience. And that probably just isn't our reality and who knows how long that will last for, you know, or having Sam's family come from out of state. That was definitely part of the plan and plan has changed Mm -hmm. and we won't be able to get that time back you know that's just the reality part of me is to look on the positive side too right that sam's been working from home we don't know how long that will last but he does have some paternity leave so it'll be the three of us for at least a few weeks and that will be some pretty awesome bonding time that a lot of people don't get so yeah try to hold on to that
2: i think that that's a good thing
3: to hold on to definitely
2: Okay, baby stuff aside. In your house, since baby's not quite there yet, what are some new daily activities or habits or rituals or routines that you guys have been enjoying during this time?
1: Ooh, one of the things we started, because it's not that crazy interesting, but we started putting out a chessboard <laughs> with a coin so that as we walk by kind of in our passing, We've been playing chess games, kind of back and forth. It's been kind of fun, like
0: week-long chess games.
1: Yeah, week-long chess games.
0: (laughs) Slow chess games. (laughs) I think that's cool.
1: (laughs) But it, yeah, and I think we're gonna graduate. I think we're gonna try and play like a week-long Scrabble game next. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) pretty wild. Yeah. Play Scrabble as we come forage for snacks in the kitchen because that seems to be happening a lot more often too.
0: That is certainly happening more frequently. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say one thing that's been really nice is uh, right now I'm in graduate school and Sam has probably a 45 minute to an hour commute normally. And so we've just had a lot more like face-to-face time with each other in a week and are able to break up the days, you know, we'll, you know, mid-morning take our dog for a long walk or sit in the backyard for a few minutes and drink a cup of tea when it's really sunny out. And those are like moments that not regularly happen. Like usually we're both kind of on the go people. We run in the house in the evening, take care of a few things, and like pass out and do it again the next day. A forced slowdown I think has been actually really good for both of us. (laughs) I know at least Sam has caught up on a lot of sleep. So that's awesome. And though we're both still busy doing our work from home, it's been nice to like have lunch together,
2: yeah yeah,
1: that part's been really nice spending more time together yeah. has been awesome, <laughs> actually, so
2: yeah, we're not sticking with each other yet, so that's good. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: that's awesome. um, what's been hard about the relationship during this time? yeah.
1: I think probably the, I think the hardest thing's probably been having, since we are home, there was at least I had this illusion that all of a sudden I'd have more time to tackle more home projects and things that are outstanding. But with Adrian's grad school and my work, like we're both, we're home and we get those little breaks, but and our days are still full. So we get to the end of the day and You know, I don't have to commute, but there's still only a finite amount of time for a lot of those kind of daily chores and other stuff. And so I think with the baby coming, we've definitely, there's just, it's been a little bit more of a challenge getting kind of prepared and getting on the same page for what we're focusing on or, you know, making mills, painting walls preparing the nursery so definitely there's still that you know kind of daunting workload of just kind of the, the same old you know daily house chore stuff
0: yeah there's definitely been like a reestablishment of the house norms because we're usually not home this often and so now it's kind of like when you first move in with somebody and you're kind of feeling it out and you're like oh, like I always put the milk on this shelf and like you keep moving it <laughs> or like do you put your breakfast dishes in the dishwasher right after breakfast or you just let that shit pile up and <laughs> put it at the end of the day and it's that silly stuff that you don't think about but when you first move in with someone, you're trying to like feel it out. It's all sexy at first and then it's less sexy and so now we've lived together for 10 plus years, 10, I don't know us a long time. <laughs> and we've never been home this much ever so now it's stuff like like that where you're just like so you just had oatmeal and I had oatmeal but you made the oatmeal so should I clean the oatmeal pot like <laughs> that'd be the nice thing to do but I don't want to do that and like yeah re-, re refiguring those things out which sounds silly and it is silly but it's kind of like relearning about each other's habits habits that you just don't notice when you're flying around all day and habits that you totally notice when you're sitting inside your house all day.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah, and being forced uh, to kind of be inside and be home. And, you know, again, with that, Adrian's a little bit more limited in what we can go do for long walks or hikes. And so, where we usually, our neighbors, a lot of times will give us a hard time. Like, you guys are never home. And before all this, it'd be like, well, it's amazing when we get to spend a weekend at home. It's almost like, wow, we really like our house. Home's really cool because we're always out skiing or hiking or camping or something. And so now it's like, oh, wow, we're at home like 95% of the time. So
0: we're still here. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's That's a good point. Guys are probably learning a lot of new things about your house because you guys really most of the time are out doing really cool things. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. What have you been grateful for about this relationship during this time?
1: I'm just grateful to have a friend. <laughs> I mean, I you know, it's I just couldn't imagine and my heart goes out to I've I've got a few friends that are. Single or you know don't have a partner or roommate during this time, and I don't know for for the little bit of toast stepping we do and the few arguments we get in is you know more than worth it for having a companion that's your best friend, and having someone to drink tea in the afternoon with and play cribbage with you know <laughs> is it is just awesome, so I just feel grateful for yeah having having my best friend to just kind of share the time with.
0: Yeah, I think absolutely the companionship for sure. Especially because even as we both are focusing on work and schoolwork and this kid coming in, so sometimes we can try to ignore what's happening outside of these walls. It can be an emotional roller coaster. It can feel really overwhelming at times. Like I said, there's a lot of grieving for what hasn't been. We talk a lot about like the hierarchy of pain and that like, even though there are people suffering more than us, like we can still talk about the things that are hard and still feel sad for the things that we won't get to have, even though we know that people have a lot, lot worse off than us. And so riding those kind of emotional roller coasters and knowing that you're going to have that person there with you when you're feeling good about stuff and then also when you're feeling really down about stuff. I think sometimes, at least I know, and not that it's necessarily a good thing, but Sam will be my biggest supporter and I'll probably like treat him the best in the world and then also treat him the worst in the world because I know to some degree that I can get away with it and that even when I'm feeling that horrible he'll still stand there and support me. And I think this is just another good example of that.
2: Yeah. Well, and I I like that you bring up kind of that hierarchy of pain because yes, we could probably find a lot of people going through way worse things, but you always can, you know, and you're the only one living your experience and experiencing your own pain. So it's okay to feel that sometimes. Absolutely. What have you guys learned about love as a whole during this time?
0: That we need a lot more of it, all of us. One thing that you keep pointing out is it's tough to see, but also wonderful to see the generosity in our community and people stepping up and doing things for each other, just like acts of daily kindness, like with nothing in return. And it's, that is a wonderful, wonderful thing to see.
1: Yeah, and it's something that's been really neat is, I mean, kind of like everyone we've been, we usually cook a fair amount, but I mean, we've certainly been eating in more, but the few times we go pick something up is seeing that really genuine look in someone's eyes from a local restaurant that thanks you sincerely for supporting them. And just like, I don't know, seeing that humanity, usually you don't think twice or at least I haven't in the past about, you know, going out and having a beer or a burger, the, the local place, but to see just that sincerity in someone's eyes and thanking you for supporting them and just seeing the amount of support the community has had and just the more positive light people have tried to see everything in has been, and that's, that's my experience. I'm sure this has not been an overwhelmingly positive experience for, for many people, but it seems like that sense of empathy is getting developed a bit more, um, at least in our kind of vocal society here in Fort Collins, which is kind of neat.
0: Yeah, I like to think of it as like, we're all in this together, you know, we're all human, and that this is something that we'll all be faced with. I could certainly go into an hour long discussion how some people, have much bigger barriers than other people in our society as far as people have the option to shelter in place and the privileges to be able to do that but I do like to think that a lot of people have been able to see this as something that affects us all and that we all have to work together to support each other so that's been nice to see I think like the bigger topic of love I just think about our family members a lot and family connection and those that we're able to not connect with right now like sam's grandfather that's in a assisted living home and that he's not able to see anybody right now and that mm-hmm. was really hard it's hard to think about and worry about him um and also that a lot of the people in this facility would prefer to risk being exposed and get sick and who knows what from it than feel that isolated
2: Yeah. I know um, my coworker and I have noticed kind of in the older folks around here that they maybe aren't the people with the most precautions, probably because they don't want to be lonely. Like they're not taking risks just to take risks, but because they're lonely. And it's like, you probably shouldn't be in the store at five in the evening, which is like the busiest time. You should go to the senior hour for the store, but you're wanting to interact with people and here you are. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can't blame them either, right? I think about sometimes if it was me, the same thing.
2: Yeah. No, can't blame them, but it definitely is a little um, like heart-wrenching when you see that less options for connection, you know, maybe not as tech savvy or maybe in a place where it's not an option at all, like a nursing home. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: There was one cool thing we saw on our walk the other evening, there was an elderly gentleman out in his driveway taking pictures of his driveway and I looked and there was a ton of just little kids that live on that street and it was very obvious they had drawn pictures all over his driveway with sidewalk chalk and wrote so he could read through the window a supportive message of, of love and he was out there taking <laughs> photos of it all and it's like ah oh, that's so cool yeah. way to go kids yeah. like was awesome. yeah it's super neat
2: that's really sweet. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff like that happening right now. Like we're just lucky if we get a glimpse of those moments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, last, last question in this vein. A year from now, what do you hope will be different and what do you want to keep from this time?
0: Uh, something that we both, I think have enjoyed in a way is uh, the connection with people that we normally are not regularly reaching out to since people a lot of people have much more time on their hands we've heard from we've had different zoom meetings and facetimes and hangouts with all kinds of friends that we don't normally connect with regularly um we did a passover seder this last weekend my family on the east coast well i guess they're on they're mostly florida on the east coast but since we've lived out west i haven't been to one of those and it was awesome. It was so much fun. There was probably, like, I don't know, 20 people on this Passover theater <laughs> yeah. and some like little Jewish grandmothers. Just like, just, it was so fun. We laughed the entire time and had a really good, good, enjoyable time. We got to see faces that we haven't in like years. So that connection has been really good. And I hope that we can remember to reach out to each other. Um, we've also, with our neighbors like we see our neighbors and check in with our neighbors almost daily now <laughs> just walking by and people are standing in the yard and how's this going how are you doing and um we've met a lot more of our neighbors too so um, that building of community and connection that's certainly something i think of when i think of what we i hope we hold on to
1: yeah and, and something adrian keeps bringing up too is everybody seems like in a hurry to go back to normal but then you really talk to folks and figure out kind of what they're thankful for or grateful for this time or the lessons they're learning and then i just hope that for any one person's situation that i don't know the any lessons or positives or negatives from this time don't don't go unlearned or too quickly once things do quote unquote go back to normal and then I think that'll be hard to tell until, you know, that time does come. Because I would imagine this will be a pretty memorable time. But yeah,
0: yeah. And I think I think there'll be a new normal. I don't think we'll ever go back to the time before this because this is a huge experience that the whole world is ex- is going through. And but I hope the new normal incorporates some of these these lessons learned. Yeah, and the things that people have come to be grateful for, and hopefully uh, also some. Major policy change.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with you on all of those things. i I don't think, I don't think we'll go back to where we were before, and hopefully, some of the things in our future do include some good policy changes. Maybe universal yeah. health care. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What are some things that you guys have been enjoying? And this can be anything. It can be, it can be backgammon. <laughs>
0: Back in and old people (laughs) games. love it. Yes. Some things that we've been enjoying. Definitely, yeah, some some games. That's one thing. Sleep. Yeah, Sam usually gets up really early for work. So it's been honestly even just like rewarding for me to see what he looks like and acts like when he sleeps better. We've also been meditating, like... He's got the Headspace app. And so we've been meditating like every night.
1: I think for the past two months, we've only missed maybe two or three days. Nice. And so with the better sleep, it's just been, I think the self-care has almost been easier because you kind of get like a detism sort of nature when you're exhausted. It's kind of like, well, I'm exhausted. Screw this. I'm going to watch Tiger King, and then go to bed (laughs) and repeat it, you know, (laughs) the next day. So I think that being able to have the luxury to focus on self-care has been nice, and then realizing that you can make the time for it has been something that I've really enjoyed and kind of taken away and feel really grateful for that. Again, I wouldn't change if I could not have coronavirus happening. I would, but the timing is one positive that I get to spend the month before we have a kid catching up on sleeping, doing yeah. self-care. So. Yeah, that has been good. That <laughs> is good That's to have And that I don't
0: have to, because I was in you know school and internship, and I am wearing the least real pants every single day. <laughs> that is glorious. Like I don't even have to worry about what's going to fit this body right now. <laughs> because it doesn't matter. I can Zoom chat with a nice blouse on top and
2: not have to worry about any of the rest of it. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Okay, well, is there anything else you guys feel like we should cover that we haven't?
0: Yes, uh, I think having a pet is important
2: (laughs) during this time,
0: because then at least there's like a three-way conversation in the house even though we speak for our dog, but it feels like there's another person that's voting. At least.
2: I, would, I would definitely agree with that. Whenever this all really like ramped up, I was in Seattle, got to see Andrea, which was great. Went to a training, came back with a sore throat and a stuffy nose. So I had to quarantine until my test results came back. And so I was working from home. The dog was my coworker for sure? I'd be like, hi, it's like, there's a lot of attention given to the dog, there always is, but it was like multiplied. So he's been very confused about yeah. but. it, but
0: a lot.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for letting me pick your brain. And I really hope that everything goes flawlessly with bringing this little being into the world. And yeah, I guess I'll talk to you guys later.
0: Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for having us on. We're excited. We'll let you know when uh, this creature appears. <laughs> we'll give you a updated.
2: Please send photos. Okay. okay. Good luck and tell your ride. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank Bye. You, Lindsay.
1: No more money to be
0: made.
3: We spend together, but not we do is it was really nice catching up with Sam and Adrian, who are some of the loveliest people I know, and I can't wait to hear how things go when their sweet babe arrives, which should be any day now. Oddly enough, the idea of couples and the alterations their relationships face when welcoming a new family member has been on my mind for some time now. Not for personal reasons, but for professional ones. When COVID-19 began ravaging Seattle, I sat in a hotel conference room downtown, spaced six feet apart from other attendees, and learned about this exact dynamic. My plan was to return to Colorado and start running groups for new parents to navigate this exciting and challenging time. Since we can't congregate in groups currently, this plan is obviously on hold, so I'll take this opportunity to share a bit of what I learned with you. First off, in this training, I learned just how important fathers, or any gendered second caregiver, are. While this is a belief I've always held personally, shout out to my dad, it was nice to see that it was validated by research. Research shows that one reason that this is super important comes down to different styles of play. Mothers and fathers tend to have very different play styles, with fathers often allowing for more physical and hands-on play, and mothers' style of playing tending to be more verbal and visual. Both types of play is necessary for a baby to develop self-control, empathy, and social competency. And having a warm and caring father can also lead to improved school performance later down the line. Of course, it bears repeating that this style of play and characteristics can be found in any gendered caregiver and can be learned by any gender of caregiver. So this research is not to say that a person without a father could not develop these traits. In thinking about this specific research, I feel confident that Sam and Adrian's baby will have all of these traits, as they are both very warm and caring people. Secondly, the training reminded me of just how important it is for couples to not simply become parents, but to maintain their relationship as a couple, not just as mutual caregivers for their baby. To maintain friendship throughout all stages of relationship, couples need to be sure to share their appreciation for each other often show affection, and make their admiration for one another known, a theme that has coursed through the relationships discussed so far in this series. In this interview, when Sam voiced that he was grateful to have a friend to be quarantined with, that spoke volumes to me about how well-equipped my friends are to nurture not just a baby, but their own relationship. If anyone is interested in learning more about this research, or any of the other tips I learned about adding a baby to your family, I recommend looking into the work of John and Julie Gottman, specifically their book, And Baby Makes Three. And finally, Sam and Adrian mentioned the app Headspace to meditate, so I figured I'd mention my own experience with this as well. I've been using this app here and there to help me fall asleep when I'm feeling particularly restless, and it's been really helpful. Also, if you're a healthcare provider, it's currently free for the duration of 2020, so check it out. And no, Headspace didn't pay me to say this. No one pays me to say any of this. I just like free resources for healthcare workers. And with that, I'll say goodbye. Until next time, stay well.